Are you happy in your business? Now, I have had my share of emotional ups and downs in my 20 years of being a solo entrepreneur coach. And the patterns I've seen in myself and in my clients is that those downs are usually when I was personally feeling unfulfilled. Sometimes it was because a launch that flopped and sometimes it was just life and had nothing to do with business. But those ups, oh boy, those are the times when I was feeling my most authentic and completely aligned to my purpose or when I just felt like I was rocking that work-life balance. I would be thinking, I could do this all day long and never feel tired. One of my loves is sharing what works for me and what has been working for my clients to achieve this very feeling, full of passion, happiness, peace, and freedom. So I decided to create a private podcast for coaches. Maybe you just want to develop better communication skills that boosts engagement, leads to better results, and makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the lives of the people you serve. Then you're invited too. We talk about this and more in the UBU private podcast for coaches. Whether you're a mentor, a parent, or run a client-focused business, coaching skills benefit everyone and anyone who wants to communicate in a way that builds relationships. Fall in love with your life and business again. Click the link in the show notes for your invitation to join us right now. Then come back and enjoy this episode. What is the childhood wound theory? Well, it depends on which theorist you ask. Some say you receive unconscious messages from your parents or your caretakers that in some way stunted your personality or your identity growth. And some say we unconsciously reject or block messages from our parents or our caretakers. And then again, some say you were born one number, your security number, and your childhood wound made you disintegrate to your Enneagram number in order to cope with that wound. But in each case, somehow there is an unconscious break in the connection to your core or the essence of who you were born to be. And also in each of the cases, there's a clear understanding that your core or your essence never changes. And the personality differences that you might experience within yourself during your lifetime is part nature and part nurture. Go back and listen to a theory that I personally have that I've been exploring on episode 26. That episode's called, Is Personality Nature Versus Nurture? Now, are you curious about the childhood wound that might be stunting your growth in your personality wellness journey? Well, today I'm sharing the childhood wound for each Enneagram type according to this theory and my thoughts about ascribing to it. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others and plug in to what is uniquely you. Welcome to Unbox Your Personality, the podcast for coaches, parents, and mentors like you who understand that your happiness makes you more effective at what you do bringing out the best in others. I'm Jen Higgins, personality strategist and Enneagram fluff remover. Get laser focused on who you are and who you aren't, so you're free to make the impact you were born to make and have fun doing it. 
Your personality is your business. So, let's get down to business. Before I get into the different childhood wounds for each Enneagram type, I want to first address my personal take on the theories floating around out there. In my opinion, it depends on if you are in typing mode or in growing mode. If you are in typing mode, meaning you are new to the Enneagram or you aren't quite sure of your type just yet, go ahead and skip this episode and have a listen to episode 20. That's where I talk about the 10 things you must consider before choosing your Enneagram type. Otherwise, listening to this episode might be confusing, or worse, my fear is it might be triggering if you have experienced any kind of childhood trauma. Typing is an intellectual process, and far too often our human brain, that tendency to have a bias and emotionally respond first, that can sidetrack us on a normal day but even more so on a particularly emotional day or even in an emotionally charged moment like when we are being triggered. This is why sitting with a qualified Enneagram or personality coach benefits you because they will know how to ask the right questions to help you be as objective and unbiased as possible while minimizing having to disclose traumatic details that can be triggering and sabotage your typing process. However, if you are in growing mode, meaning you know your type and you have been working with a coach for your integration, for your personality wellness, then the childhood wound theories could be interesting to explore. They do not and they must not be seen as capital T truth. Let me repeat that. They are not the capital T truth. Your childhood wound does not define you, but it can give you clues as to where you might be stuck in your personal development or in your relationship dynamics so that you can heal from that. You can work on keeping yourself on track with your life and business goals, and it's not holding you back. Now, if you are a coach and you would like to learn how to guide your clients to work with their personality so that they can heal and be more productive, then you're a perfect fit for the UBU coach certification program. Get on the wait list at powercoachgen.com and I'll be notifying you of the early bird special when enrollment opens up coming soon. So how do I personally apply the childhood wound theory to my life since, you know, I am in growing mode. I do know my type. I am identifying with the type seven patterns of behaviors and the motivation behind a seven. So for a type seven, the unconscious message that seven's block in theory is you will be taken care of. In other words, this message just never gets received. The type seven in theory believes that they are on their own. They can't depend on anything to nurture them, to be nurtured, to be taken care of because disappointment will surely follow. Remember, this assumes that there is no childhood trauma. Now, how does this play out in my life? Well, materialistically, I was pretty well taken care of as a child. Both my parents were successful in their careers, and so I never really experienced a lack of the basics of food or shelter or clothing. However, I don't have a lot of memories of being emotionally cared for. This doesn't mean it didn't happen. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But when it comes to emotional nurturing, I've always felt like I was on my own. 
Intellectually, I know that I had caretakers, but being taken care of was a blocked message that never got received. So, how did this seven cope? Well, I was very independent. I kept very busy. I was into everything. I loved learning and exploring. I went outside a lot. Whatever I needed, I found a way to get it. And I learned to be resourceful and innovative. And emotionally, I got really good at reframing and turning everything emotionally negative, every emotionally negative experience into a learning experience, usually by analyzing it to death. Um, So I could come up with a more robust plan that either prevented or avoided those negative emotions. This is all just code for distraction over desolation. It was easier to keep myself busy and distracted than sit in this fear that I was alone. Back in 2015, when I was on six weeks bed rest with a smashed tibia, I was so incredibly humbled by the amount of help that I received from friends and family and even folks in the community I hadn't even met yet or we were just acquaintances. It was definitely not expected. Terry and I were trying to come up with plans on how he could work from home and be able to balance the work that he needed to do with his students and be able to take care of me at the same time. And in the midst of this, the next thing I know, there was a volunteer list sign-up sheet going around. And people started bringing us food. They cleaned my house. They watched my kids and my dog. They helped helped me roll over in my bed, helped me use the bathroom, wash my hair, wash my laundry, They brought me books and magazines and yarn. (laughs) I knitted a lot of socks and hats that year. Definitely perfected the heel. (laughs) Um, Some just came and kept me company. Some even, there was someone that even donated a new mattress and brought me pillows because our old creaky bed was so uncomfortable that the first week after surgery, I was sleeping on a couch. And then... In the eight months that followed that, people helped make the house wheelchair-friendly and drove me to therapy three days a week, took the kids to field trips. It was amazing. And at first, I, I had a really hard time accepting the help. And it's not because of pride, because clearly I needed the help. I knew I couldn't do any anything by myself. But I just wasn't used to depending on people, especially at that level of dependency, during a hard time. I always banked on getting through tough times by myself. So it was hard accepting that people wanted to help and that someone, not me, someone else took the initiative to offer that help. But the most humbling moments were when whoever was babysitting me at the time just let me crack open. They gave me permission to be sad. They gave me permission to be angry and frustrated. They didn't try to sugarcoat anything or put a silver lining on the situation. I'm already good at that. I can do that by myself without anybody's help. But they were able to just validate that, yeah, this sucks. This is crappy. (laughs) Because I'm not really good at sitting still with pain like that and they let me complain and they let me cry and they let me mourn my helplessness and the disappointment of slow healing and slow therapy 
And even after six years, I still don't have full use of my left leg. I don't even have complete feeling in it yet. The nerves haven't completely grown back. And I forget that sometimes until I try to do something that that my brain thinks my leg can do. And my leg says, hold up, we can't do that yet. (laughs) And so I have to find a different way. But I'm so grateful for every time my my leg stops me, it's a reminder that, hey, I'm not alone. Remember when I could count on people? They were there for me. And so I don't really need to worry about being so independent and so isolated when I'm going through a tough time. I don't need to hide that vulnerable side in me so much that people don't think that they're needed. Therefore, they believe I don't need to be taken care of. It's kind of like that irony that I talked about in the last episode about fatal flaws. When I believe I don't need to be taken care of or I block that message, then other people follow suit. It's so self-sabotaging. But every Enneagram type has some kind of lost message that they have blocked that affects them in the exact same way. So let's go ahead and go through the nine types and the lost childhood messages that each type can block. Now, when I go through this list, you might be affected by many of these messages when you hear them. So this is not a list for you to type yourself with. If you're still in typing mode, again, I I really do encourage you to pause this episode because it might be more confusing than it is helpful. Another disclaimer, the following descriptions assumes no childhood trauma is present. When I say trauma, I'm talking about abuse, neglect, abandonment, medical issues, natural disasters, any kind of traumatic experience that might have happened during childhood could exaggerate or mask how your type's lost message resonates with you. So that is why this isn't a reliable way to determine your type. These descriptions are very brief and it's only exploring one possible manifestation that someone of that type might experience. So here's the list. Type 8's lost message is you will not be betrayed. So type 8's grew up thinking it's not okay to be vulnerable or to trust anyone. Maybe they felt they had to grow up too fast and they missed out on their childhood and so as an adult they might rebel to prove that they're strong type nines lost messages your presence matters so type nines grew up thinking that it's not okay to assert yourself maybe they felt that asking for what they need might wreak havoc or disturb the peace for someone else, and therefore on themselves. So as an adult, they might, quote, forget or go to sleep to their own desires to prove that they're amicable. Type 1's lost message is, you are good. So type 1's grew up thinking, it's not okay to make mistakes. Maybe they felt that they had to justify everything when they were younger. So as an adult, they might seek out rules and moral yardsticks to prove their integrity. Type 2's lost message is, you are wanted. 
Type twos grew up thinking it's not okay having your own needs. Maybe they felt like they had to earn love from others. So as an adult, they might become self-sacrificing to prove they are not selfish. Type three's lost message is you are loved for yourself. Type threes grew up thinking it's not okay to have your own feelings or your own identity. Maybe they felt that their accomplishments got more attention than their insecurities. So as an adult, they might over-identify with their wins and their achievements to prove that they should be liked. Type four's lost message is you are seen for who you are. Type 4s grew up thinking it's not okay to be too functional or too happy. Maybe they felt that they were only seen when something was wrong. So as an adult, they might perpetuate that state of being misunderstood to prove to others that they are unique. Type 5's lost message is your needs are not a problem. Type fives grew up thinking it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. Maybe they felt like their needs are an intrusion on other people, like other people's needs are an intrusion on them. So as an adult, they might distance themselves from others to prove they are competent that they can solve this problem on their own. Type six's lost message is you are safe. Type sixes grew up thinking it's not okay to trust yourself. Maybe they only felt security in the presence of someone else, but also maybe they felt betrayed by someone else. So as an adult, they might ask a lot of questions from different sources to prove that someone can be trusted. And now we're back to type sevens, whose lost messages you'll be taken care of. Type 7s grew up thinking it's not okay to depend on anyone. Maybe they felt that transitional activities satisfied them more, these temporary activities, more than people. So as an adult, they might constantly look for distractions to fill that lonely void to prove that they are happy. Wow, this list may have been just as hard to go through as the Fatal Flaws list on the last episode. (laughs) Remember, this childhood wound theory is just a theory. I personally believe that because trauma is in the eyes of the trauma holder, there is no way to tie these things in a neat package and call it a reliable list that spans across all personality patterns because we already know that our brains filter. Thank goodness, right? But being aware of your tendencies to block certain messages when there's no presence of trauma can be eye-opening for anyone on this self-discovery journey. Finding those blind spots that you can be intentional about checking every once in a while to see how is it affecting your actions and how can you renew your mind by thinking a different message. Like for me, instead of believing I'm all by myself to deal with whatever yuck life throws at me, I change it to I will be taken care of because there will always be people I can depend on that I can call upon. That is like so much less stressful to think about. Now changing your thoughts does not change who you are, but it will change what you do and how you react. The more mature your thoughts, the more mature your behaviors, unbound by childhood thought processes. 
This is yet another way to unbox yourself so that you can unleash your power. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and reviewing the Unbox Your Personality podcast. To learn more about yourself, go to powercoachgen.com. Find out how you are different so you can make your difference.